And good afternoon, everybody. How are we today? Having a great day. Going to be a great day. And uh, I actually. I've survived two flat tires today. <laughs> and how are you making out? You're not in Omaha anymore. I'm not in Omaha anymore, Pam. I'm wondering though, can everybody hear Pam? Okay, Betty says she can hear you now. Okay. Great. Yeah, can you hear me? <laughs> well, it's good. We I... can all hear each other and have a good time and play and whatever <laughs> on the road and uh actually stopped at a little town called mound city missouri and oh, it's a beautiful nice. sunny day we're in the midst of a huge heat wave that apparently will be following me back home um the temperature feels like it's 110 degrees it's in the high 90s here in the in the heartland so have lots of water everybody drink and be safe on that mm -hmm. I hear Karen. I see Karen now. Hi, KK. Hey, hey, everybody. So what happened? The other day, my yes. son um, was using my car, and he said he'd gone to a gas station, gotten some gas, was leaving, and all of a sudden, within 10 minutes, the tire was flat. Oh, my word. Yeah. So he had to go pick up his daughter today. So he drove me to work, took the car, took the tire over to Firestone, and was going to um, get it patched. And then he called me uh, when it was time for me to come home and said, I'll be over in a few minutes. I said, fine. I shut down my computer at work. I got went outside. It's 90 gazillion degrees outside, and I'm in the sun. And waiting for him, and waiting for him, and waiting for him. So he, I, he gives me a call about 45 minutes after that. He left Firestone after the tire had been put on. He came home because he had to pick something up at the house. And 
the tire went flat again. So he had to go back and have it redone. So he picked me up at quarter to five, and now he's on his way to New York to pick up his uh, daughter. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes. Never so, a dull moment never in uh, a dull moment. Not the in adventures house. of Pam. Not in this house. Oh, so. Well, I'm glad everybody's safe. That's the yeah, important thing. Yeah, that's the important part. So, let's see. What kind of great stuff do we have going on? I'm um, telling you, I have to tell you, the other day, I think it was yesterday, I saw an email in my inbox from Passion Flicks, and I got so excited. I don't know if you guys did, too, because I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the news. This is the news. And it was the news about another series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're doing and some casting on this other one. I think it's Dirty Sexy something or other. And they're going to be filming yeah. actually in New Jersey. So anybody in the oh, New, really? New Jersey area, I think um, I think I saw they're going to be like around Newark, somewhere that up north part of Jersey. I just don't quote yeah. me, but that's where they're going to be. Oh, that might yes. be fun. Just you know, it maybe I'll I'll have to see when it is because if it's if it's something just to go up there, just to kind of see how they handle handle this stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. I wonder when it is. Yeah, I wonder there's if, a Google app that you, or that you have to fill out a Google document that they'll they'll take you up there. Um, okay. A friend of mine uh, who lives in Brooklyn, she's thinking she's going to go over. She didn't. Know okay. That, but so. Maybe, maybe she could be our scout. I don't know. Well, Karen says it's starting on the 20th, Dirty Sexy Saint. Karen, is it July 20th or is it August 20th? July. I guess it's July. I, I think that's what it is because she keeps bugging me. Every time she sees something about passion flicks, is this about SR? Is this about mm -hmm. SR? So. KK so. says they have dates and limited space. Right. Um, and Betty said for a moment there, she thought you were being chased by Nicholas's enemies. And yes, it is July 20th. So, okay, so they did the email. Okay, they gave the email July 16th. And they have, they are filming the 20th. So that's, that's like a four-day window. That's right. Because, because Maureen wants to go if when we get the uh, stuff for Canada, for Toronto. And I, oh my gosh! Yeah, I said number one, I have to make sure I have the money. Number two, right? If, I, if we go, I'm driving. I'm not gonna fly. It just I don't. Oh my gosh! Expense. I mean, it's an easy right. flight, I know, but I don't need that extra expense. No, no, I definitely would have to drive up. But boy, that's gonna be a tight. We'll see. I'm gonna have to find a way. So <laughs> hopefully, I'll be in town. And not having a work commitment that I have to be in person for. Right. But so we shall see. And Lori, Lori's saying he said Monday we would get news? Question mark. Uh, that's the, some information that I had. Uh, he says that's he very exciting because I'd asked uh, SR if there was anything we wanted to announce uh, the other day, and he got back to me and and said at that point. There is other news that's happening. He just can't announce until he gets a green light. And mm -hmm. then he sent me an email this morning saying I'm doing a chat tonight on Facebook on the Dirty Moms Book Club group. 
you have to join mm-hmm. that. You have to ask to join that. And that's for 8 to 9 Eastern time. He said, yes. uh, but he also said, I think an announcement is forthcoming Monday. So stay oh tuned. Oh, my gosh. Very exciting. Kenzie said, I saw it on Twitter that it would be Monday. And Betty said, um, Bay posted a tweet about the boss's announcement. It seems Nina confirmed something will be announced Monday, July 22nd. And Karen is hoping she gets her passport back in time. And you know what, Karen? So do I. And thank you for the reminder because I think I mentioned on the podcast uh, last week or two weeks ago that I realized my passport's going to expire. And I'm actually going to dig it out of my purse right now to check. My gosh, I'm holding my breath. I think it's. Yeah, it expires July 28th. There you go. So. 10 days. I got to get on the stick, girls. Yes. So, aye, aye, aye. so that everything looks really good. Um, and SR keeps saying follow Gabriel on screen on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Kenzie's saying she literally just sold about 200 of her, of her books for some cash for the trip and only made $37. I'm going to have to sell more and work my butt off. And KK said, he said, follow at Gabriel across all social media. Right. So, so. Yes, yeah, so it's yeah. getting real. It's getting real. It is and getting yeah, real. He was goofing around this morning. He's on a short, or he's on a holiday. Because he did say that he has uh, finished the la- latest rounds of edits for Gabriel's Promise. And uh, he had been very busy working on that. And uh, he will have a breather for the next little while, but it was good to finish with Gabriel, Gabriel and Julie again. Oh my gosh. So. <laughs> Betty's just saying that she can't sell her books, they're too precious. <laughs> and she can't yeah. wait to hear the news. I just found out that my Fifty Shades of Grey book is missing. <gasps> Are you serious? Darker, freed. I actually have two darkers. Freed, uh, gray and darker, and the mister, two misters, and mm. the first one's missing, and I'm like, what the hell happened to that? Because I I have my later's baby little Christmas ornament that mm-hmm. my sister gave me with the books, like I have a fox with SRs. Yes. And uh, my spell book with uh, my old souls books and all my other fun stuff from Chrissy and Jennifer and Morgan and down the line. So, anywho, anywho. Yes, yes. Betty says, uh, where do you suppose he is? Brazil. Um, And Kenzie, she said she didn't see that. I think, Kenzie, you're probably referring to the posting, I'm guessing, from so, he did I would guess something this morning, and he said I have a story to tell, and he's talking oh. about a dog that moves, <laughs> and it's taxidermy. I mean, it was just <laughs> the weirdest. <laughs> um, Betty so, says though, oh, somebody's doing research. Mm-hmm. I hope it's not the blessedness who borrowed it. Um, yes, I'm hoping uh, it wasn't the blessedness who borrowed it too. 
Love Honey would be very happy with what I've been finding coming out of my son's bedroom. Not to get <laughs> too personal. <laughs> but. Uh, Kenzie says she honestly only cares about owning SR's novels. <laughs> and uh, Betty thought that taxidermy, the story was funny. So well, I will have to look at that. I haven't seen. You have to, I've, you I've you have to go through his Twitter, Twitter feed. Traipsing around Omaha. Um, so I working. Finally, I said to him, oh, are we going all Norman Bates on you now, on us now? <laughs> and I said, you know that I do have my degree from the Norman Bates School of Hotel Management. <laughs> Comes in oh my handy gosh. for hotel work and for the zombie apocalypse. Oh my gosh. Karen says, sitting in the front yard. Kenzie says, it was funny but disturbing. Yes, it I'll was. Check it out. I have to check it out. KK said yes, it was funny. Oh, my word. So. Well, he's creative. He's a creative soul. So yes, what can is. I say? Yes, he is. But it was disturbing. It's either that or he's been watching Stranger Things. Oh, my gosh. Don't tell me. I've I, only seen the first episode. So I don't tell me what happened. Yet. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. I love that series. If you have a chance to watch it, please do. I will. I will. <laughs> Yes, and yes, Kenzie, I agree. People are strange in this world. Yes. Absolutely. had a great song about that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Really strange. <laughs> so Betty's hoping it, the flogger is not missing? <laughs> as long as it's not missing, she wouldn't, you shouldn't worry, Pam. Well, the flogger <laughs> would be hidden from anybody in this house if it was here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if there was such a thing here. The flogger in your house that you stole from the uh, DVD premiere is another story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Karen okay. says he drank too much new Coke. Yeah, that's about it. And, and Kenzie's dying to talk about that ending. So, <laughs> don't spoil it for me. Uh, I, yeah, I, I haven't even seen season two yet, so. Oh, oh, and, wow. Yes. Uh, and that's, that's the other kicker to my week. My ATM card was gone, and it was used by God knows who. So, oh, Pam. And, you know, so I reported it. I got a temporary card, but um, I don't want to set anything up until I get the new card in the mail. And, I know. Uh, yeah. you know, and my, my Netflix account hit at the same time. You know, oh. and, and I had noticed that these transactions were funny. So, on my, I have a mobile app on my phone for the bank, and I just went in and turned the card off. And that's when the Netflix hit. So I can't get into Netflix until like Houston. We have a problem solved. Oh yeah. So, anyhow. Oh my gosh. Well, I I just saw that Kenzie said unrelated but she just requested on the corner of love and hate at her library and it was approved excellent did you let nina know i was gonna say kenzie we will let nina know that's very exciting yeah um she's gonna be thrilled and i i'd be remiss um when i actually had uh been emailing nina and she any announcement uh any news sharing about her new book um on the corner of love and hate that's going to be coming out in august she would love and appreciate so help spread the goodness for yep. nina um i know she's 
so busy right now. Um, I can't even imagine between the stuff with SR going on and her other writers that she works with and then her own projects. Um, I don't think she sleeps. I don't think she does either sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like you. <laughs> At three in the morning when you send things out. <laughs> but, but, anyhow. <laughs> this is true. Betty hasn't seen... Betty hasn't seen any season one of Stranger Things either. It's uh, worth that it. Was good. That was good. It was really good. It's very. It's really it's well very done. Strange, but it's good. Yes. Yes. So. So we are back with Nicholas and back with the Cassia, actually. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Nicholas is far, far away from the Cassia at this point. As far as we know, he doesn't know what's going on. We hope he does. Right. He does. As I think those of you who were with us last week, we decided we were going to break the chapter into three parts because it's a pretty lengthy and pretty meaty chapter. So we discussed part one last week, and now um, today we're going to talk about part two. Mm -hmm. um, it was great rereading this section on uh, the plane the other day. Was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I just, you know. Even though this is, you know, more of an action-packed, it's just, it's always good to read SR, you know? Oh, I know. I know. It's enjoyable. He's a really great writer. So we, we know that, uh -huh. uh, KK, if you've got to run. Bye, KK. Thank, thank you for coming in. And uh, we'll catch up later on. And I'll, we'll see you on the chat. I'll see you on yes. the chat anyway. Yes, Pam will. I'm yes. not going to be able to make it probably, ladies. So tell us, sorry, gave him greetings from the heartland. Um, Betty says this week's weather seems to be in sync with Acacia's environment. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, KK. Um, yes, because uh, Acacia, as we join her, is in the middle of the Middle East and it is very, very hot and dry mm -hmm. in her cell and when we join her she is just waking up from a fitful night's sleep her head was really hurting and the wound she had received on her head just seemed to be on fire she was really 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 hurt the injury is not getting better and she heard the first call to prayer which had woken her but then she fell back to sleep when the call came again. And she sat up feeling really tired and dizzy and she was just groaning. I can only imagine how terrible she felt from being hit so, so forcefully. Yeah. And not long after she was waking up, uh, someone opened the door. And she, she sees this short woman wearing a black headscarf and black robes. Um, entering the room, turning the lights on. She kind of seemed to be shuffling around and clucking, going about her business. And she walks over to Cassie and says, you need to clean up. And the woman was speaking to Cassie in Arabic. And you can visualize the scene, right? Cassie is so disoriented and you have this, this woman walking in the room. We have no idea what she's, what context she's coming to her in what she's about. Um, she's holding, holding a bundle of fabrics 
and she says to her that you need to see your father and you need to clean up because he will be here soon so very you know very deliberately she's saying look you're a mess your father's coming you need to be ready for him so Acacia decided um, that she was just going to give up on the pretense that she was French and did not speak Arabic um, because she knows she wouldn't be able to fool her father because um, she looked so much like her mother. She knew innately that she couldn't pull the ruse anymore. Uh, and she also knew that they would, um, you know, force her to take a DNA test to prove it if she kept resisting. And, you know, why go through all of that? In Arabic, she told the woman that she had a concussion. I know, Betty, poor Acacia is right. I feel, I just feel so terrible for her at this point in the book. Um, so the woman that entered the room uh, responded by saying that her name is Fatima and that she had bandaged her head. And she, so, so innate, already you know that this woman who is coming to her now is a healer. Um, and she said to Acacia that we can't wash your hair because of the wound but she could help her shower. So I'm sure Acacia is thinking, I just want to get out of here. Um, and, and being the independent woman she is, she said that she could shower herself. And Fatima said, well, what happens if you fall? I mean, she's recognizing that this Acacia has a pretty serious head. And Acacia thankfully did agree. I mean, she, she didn't let her pride overcome her common sense. And she asked Fatima for uh, something that helps with her pain. So Fatima rapped on the door and the guard opened it and she walked out. Acacia quickly grabbed the spoon since she was out of, Fatima's out of the room. This was literally her way to kind of uh, get positioned um, to get that spoon. And she's thinking through that she would find a way to get it to her father. And so a few minutes later, Fatima came back in with white tablets and water. And though Acacia had no idea what the pills were, she took them because uh, pain went away within 20 minutes. So it must have been really, really strong. Yeah, I wonder what it was. I wonder what it was too. Um, actually, that would have been a good question. I, I was telling Pam before the podcast. You know, I read this section. I didn't have, I didn't have questions for SR on this one. Um, that would have been a good question um, to sh ask him if he had a specific uh, pain killer in mind. Maybe it's Tylenol. Tylenol three. Yeah, Tylenol doesn't touch pain. Trust me on that one. I know. I know. The one with Tylenol 3 helps, though. That has codeine in it. Yeah, but I'm allergic to codeine. Oh, well, then we wouldn't. That would be really bad. See, that's oh, also yeah. a risk. It's a, a risk. If Acacia had been allergic to that, that would have been a whole other direction of the book. <laughs> There's, a fan fiction. There's a fan fiction idea for you. <laughs> um, so Acacia just took, took the medicine. The pain was uh, diminished. And she asked... Um, Fatima, if she were his father, her father's wife, and Fatima said no, that she only keeps house, and that she is a widow. Um, soon afterwards, Akasi was clean, 
and dressed in a long sleek t-shirt and pants with a traditional hat. And Fatima redressed her head wound and was really horrified at how ugly it was. It was a really serious, really awful wound. It's probably getting infected too. Well, it could definitely get infected, infected because of the, you know, how, how, you know, the conditions in which she's living in. Um, so, luckily though, Fatima was, you know, at least treating it, redressing it. Um, and she affixed a scarf around the bandage, hiding Acacia's hair. Acacia was thinking of the spoon she hid in her sleeve and the ugliness do through a carotid artery. That line I just thought was very funny. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine sticking out of the absolutely, absolutely. Oh my gosh! So. A little knob, a little nod to the macabre uh, oh, yes. there from SR. Yeah. So a little, a little. <laughs> so a little Ibrahim came into the cell and ordered Fatima to, to leave. And she yelled at him since that Acacia needed rest and she'd been hurt before leaving. And Ibrahim brought a case, Acacia, out into the hall. And there were three armed guards there. Now, you know, Acacia with her self-defense and stuff, she was going to try to uh, see if she you know, thinking about overpowering him. But she decided not to because if she did, with her dizziness, with the head wound, she would never be able to run the way, you know, the way she should. And she didn't know the, the compound all that well. So where was she going to go? Um, the more she saw, the better. And it would give her the idea of what's around her at the brace. So she was marched through the courtyard and into a side door. And I went to a set of stairs, and which she hung to go to the second floor. And they stopped in front of a wooden door. Abraham knocked, and a faint voice ordered them in. Uh, he opened the door, and they went in, and Cassie could see that the room had, was, had a big window with sunlight streaming in, and that there was an older man sitting at a desk with a laptop in front of him. And well, he dressed so well when he, they were in Dubai and, and she saw him. He was dressed rather low-key and with white robes, but a signet ring that she recognized, especially in Dubai, he was still wearing. And it was just, you know, the, the whole weird setup of him, the office, and terrorism struck her. And he said, he told Ibrahim to leave. The men left the office and closed the door. And he told Acacia to sit down as she looked at him. And he regarded her for some time. And he resembled the man she knew, but his eyes were dead. Where once there had been warmth, that was even gone. And he told her that she looked like her mother and wanted to know where she was. Acacia told her that she was in Brazil, and when he asked where, she told him she didn't know. And she also said, you know, I, I want to go home. And, uh, and said, you know, if you could have found me in Paris, 
you could have you could find my mother in Brazil. And so he got gets up, stands up from the chair and walks around the desk and slaps her. I mean she's got this head wound. She's dizzy and I know. And now she's gonna get slapped. And she was all of a sudden this little girl backing him on and her mother's on the floor and she's hanging off her father's arm trying to keep her father from hitting his, her mother. And and she asked again and she said Cassie said, I don't know. So she wasn't she wasn't sure whether he was gonna come back at her again. So she kind of lifted her hands in self defense. Uh, but he just looked at her walked around, sat down, and uh, he came, you know, she thought she was going This poor girl, she's been through hell. It's terrible. I mean, just what she's had to go through. Yeah. You know, it's really, really disappointing. Betty's not a fan of Acacia's death. No, agreed. Um, it just confirms what a horrible man he is, as Lori said. Um, and Nicholas would freak out if he saw Cassia's dad stop slapping oh her. Absolutely. It would have been, he would have been, um, that would have been it. I think he would have been toast. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, Ken, so, he's quite sadistic. Yes, he's sadistic, is what Kenzie said. Yeah, I, I think he's power happy. Yeah. I went to ask um, Samia, because I, I, I've only met a few Middle Eastern men. I really don't know any real well. So I asked Samia, are, are the men like that? Are there are men like that, not all men? And she said the Jordanian men, yes, can be very much like that. Mm-hmm. Which surprised me, because, you know, uh, the Jordanian people are, they seem to be at odds with the rest of the Middle East in a certain way, if you think about it. Uh, right. They've always been very friendly with the United States and the United States government, whereas the others have had their little issues here and there. So that surprised me. So. And so her father appeared to be unarmed, and she came to the conclusion that even if she could get out the window, her head injury would hamper her running, and she wasn't sure if she would be able to get out of this compound. So she sat and seethed with anger, and uh, she was, he was lucky. He, he did not have the spoon sticking out of his neck. Oh, my gosh. And the visual of that, though, is just kind of stunning, right? I can imagine. Um, she was, she was tempted. I, I think, I think she was truly tempted at that point. Oh, yeah. Um, as, as Lori said, she probably could have taken her dad out if she did not have a head injury. And sure. I think maybe, yeah, I, I, I think there's no doubt, but she was just too weak in that condition. And so he spoke to her, his eyes becoming slits. I wasn't sure if you saw me in Dubai. And he said she obviously did and warned her mother. And he says, you look like her, he said. And he said she even spoke like her mother. And Akasi asked what he wanted and why was she there. And, you know, as Betty said, 
sadly, men who don't respect women are like that. It doesn't really matter if they're from the Middle East or from any other part of the world. And Kenzie said, I don't know if Acacia could kill. I think it would mess her up no matter what. I agree with you, Kenzie. I think if, if it, it would only be in a situation of self-defense that I think she could do that. It's not within her fiber. Um, so... Acacia was, you know, keep kind of questioning him about what he wanted and why was she there. He ignored her questions, saying that her mother had an apartment in Recife and it looked like she left in a hurry. He asked her if she had been in contact with him and Acacia repeated that she did not know where she was. He wasn't taking that for an answer. I mean, he was convinced she knew she was hiding something. So he said perhaps as if waiting for a further answer, um, and he was kind of waiting, and Acacia decided she was going to fall and um, try and fall into uh, the line of uh, appealing to his paternal sense, right, and she asked, please father, I want to go home. And he said she was home. She was truly home with him. And Akasi had said that she lives in Paris, but he told her that let that life, that part of her life, that chapter, that type of life was over for her. And that if she tried to escape, she would be beaten. Which is horrible, right? I mean, yeah. what kind of life is that? So she decided, okay, she can't push him on that front because he's pretty much... He's pretty much trying to control. I mean, he, his MO is all about control. Um, so instead of pushing that line of questioning, she asked if she could have a computer. And the father questioned if she was going to contact Masai. And he said, definitely no to the computer. And Acacia was kind of confused. She said, what are you talking about? Why, are you, what if, why would I contact Masai? What, what, what are you talking about? So her father, who obviously uh, has this preconceived notion of, of what's going on in Acacia's life, um, was really pressing the issue. And Betty says, I admire Acacia for protecting her mom no matter what happens to herself. Acacia is a protector just like Raven. Agreed. Yep. Very true. Um, and she's also... She's, well, she is a protector, and she's protecting the people she loves. So her father said with acid dripping from his tongue, you know, the man you hoard for, that rich Jew you were with in Dubai, he is Mossad. And Cassia shook her head, you know. She was like, no, he wasn't a spy, he's a businessman. And her father, whose name is Omar, said, no, he is Mossad. You have shamed me in your family, and you will be punished. So, obviously, he had no, you know, he did not believe anything that Akasi was saying at this point. Yeah. And he asked, when was the last time that she saw her mother? And Acacia was having a very hard time swallowing. Her throat was dry. Um, she's getting really upset, I mean, because she could sense his anger rising, and mm -hmm. I think she's 
is going to um, she wants harm to her. Lash out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mikasi responded that she told him in, the last time she saw her mother was December. And, you know, he asked her where she saw her, and she said she saw her mother in Recife. Um, and I'm seeing Kenzie, yes, SR writes very strong and brave women. She is who Kenzie aspires to be like. I think we all aspire to be like some of these women that SR writes. Um, they are also kind and compassionate. Totally agree with that, Kenzie. Totally agree. Um, I'm actually on my way to see a site of a very strong, inspiring woman. Um, it's probably about a half an hour from here, and that is the birthplace of Mia. So that was that's where I'm heading after the podcast today to see brave this brave and inspirational woman, and I think it really resonates in the types of characters that um, SR writes about, and Akasi is no different. Um, Akasi is a very strong, very determined um, character, and she is a fierce protector of those she loves. So her father, Umar, demanded again that she tell him exactly where her mother was and how she contacted her. And at this point, Akasi leaned forward from her chair and pleaded with her, she pled with her father. I really don't know where she is. She lives in Recife. If she's not there, then she ran away. And her father just slapped her, slapped the desk, saying, until you tell me where she is, you will have no medicine left for her. He essentially wanted to starve her out and wait and make her miserable until she told him where the mother was. That's, that's and part of the whole deprivation thing. Right, right. Well, it's it's a type of torture. Yeah. You know? And he pushed the button on his desk so Ibrahim could come in. And Acacia stood to go, but turned to look at him saying in Arabic, I loved you once, and you loved me. I know you did. Where's the man who protected me from the monsters in the dark? What did you do to him? And Omar gazed at her and cursed saying, that man is dead. He waved his hand to Abraham to escort her back to herself. And that was a heartbreaking moment, I thought. You know, she was, she was remembering that there was some goodness in her father, and that goodness has been vanquished. Um, Betty said, Akasi's father is not like Richard Clark or Edmonds. They both taught their sons to treat women with respect and like ladies. Absolutely, Betty. Yeah, and Lori said that. That's true. Not at all. Not like the Clarks at all. Um, and, you know, part of this is, you know, kind of absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? I mean, this guy kind of has a power trip, and he really is essentially just shutting out any goodness in his heart. Yeah, he, 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 it's horrible. He, he's awful. He really mm -hmm. is. He really is. So that is our second chapter, second yes. piece of chapter 49. And we will be going over the rest of it next week.
Yes, we do. So, yeah, I mean, definitely it is not Richard Clark, it is not Ted Norris, and uh, it definitely wasn't uh, Raven's passed on father. Right. So, it's a shame. It's, it's very sad and poignant. Yeah, so, you know, there's so much going on with her and with her father right now. and She's probably so confused, and I'm sure that Ibrahim's walking her back to her cell, and she just probably wants to lie down and just lock it all out. That's right. I'm sure. Kenzie, um, Betty said, another great lesson in this chapter. And Kenzie says, I've always wondered if Ezra bases him as heroines off of women in his life. And I think I think that's probably true, Kenzie. We can ask him that. Yeah. I think uh, I think he did. I feel like I feel like he's said that before, but we can we can ask him that. I, I uh, think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I remember him answering that question at the time. I think so too, but we can. I think it's worth it's worth asking at this point, point. Mm -hmm. and we can report back on the podcast about that. Right. And Betty says women need to be able to self self reliant. That is true. And she Kenzie noted that some people's parents are like that, though. Again, very realistic. It is true. It is true. Not everybody has a loving, uh, nurturing environment in which to live. My son will tell you that I've mistreated him most of his life. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time believing that. Uh, I got that argument this week mm. when I was angry with him about something else. Yeah. Well. You like to play martyr sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes it's easier to, to deflect than to come to terms with things. Right. Um, and Lori liked the idea of that question so okay ladies that'll be I'll make sure I ask that in our next round of questions on the last part of this chapter and Kenzie also said that she liked how Nicholas didn't just appear out of nowhere and magically save her like what happens in these types of novels yeah yeah well that's because there's more depth than some some of these other stories. She said, I wouldn't be surprised. She bet the women around him are beautiful, kind, inspiring humans, judging from Julia Raven and Cassia. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, he's, in Can he's Canadian, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. There's a lot of good people everywhere, though, and I'm learning that. I'm reminded and being reminded of that every day. And you guys are all you guys are all part of the inspiring women that I know. I, you know what I learned from my husband who grew up with the Canadian ethos, even though he was an expatriate living in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're all extremely generous, very kind. Uh, apologize for everything. <laughs> All the fun stuff. All the fun stuff. Absolutely. Anyhow, so 
I'm going to let everybody get going because I know you've got friends to meet up with. Yes. And uh, we've got the chat going in about an hour, two hours. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I don't know if I'll be able to join. I'm thinking probably not. Um, thanks, Kenzie. She says she'll miss you on the chat, Leslie. I'm so excited. I'm excited for you guys. So I'll need a full report. I'll have to read. I'll have to go back and read it. I guess I'll have to join the Facebook group anyway to access that moment. Yeah, oh. you, do. you do. Yeah. So I'm going to let everybody get going so they can do what they have to do. And I'll be very honest. I've, I've had no lunch, no dinner. And oh, my gosh. Get some, get some food in you and hydrate. And if I had hydrate a wine here. I have no wine in the house and I could really use it today. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. You enjoy the rest of your trip and ladies, I'll see you later on on the uh, rest of the chat. That's and right. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of Take 5 by the Dave Brubeck. Oh, I love this one. This is one of my favorites. I do too. All right. Enjoy. Take care, everybody. See you all next week. See you next week.